0: This is the IBJ podcast for the week of July 18th, 2022. I'm Leslie Weidenbenner, editor of IBJ, in this week for Mason King. Lawmakers are preparing to return to the State House next week for a special session that will focus on two key issues abortion and how to spend some of the state's $6.1 billion it has in reserves. You heard me, $6.1 billion. That's the result of higher than expected tax receipts, as well as pandemic relief money the federal government sent to the state. Some of that cash is already earmarked for debt relief, in particular paying down the state's pension obligations. But Governor Eric Holcomb also wants lawmakers to send tax refund checks to Hoosiers, money that would come on top of an automatic taxpayer refund already in progress. This week, I talked with Peter Blanchard, IBJ's new Statehouse Reporter, and Managing Editor Greg Weaver, who has spent much of his career writing about and editing reporters who cover politics about the upcoming special session. Here's our conversation. Thanks, Greg and Peter, for joining me today. Greg, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: And Peter, this is your first time. You just got started at IBJ, so thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank
0: you, Leslie. Happy to be here. So, I wanted to talk about the fiscal closeout, the state's finances, and what's ahead. And so, the fiscal closeout was this week, Greg. What is the fiscal closeout? What does that mean?
1: It simply gives uh, gives the state an indication of where it stands uh, after the close of the fiscal year. And the fiscal year, this the one we're talking about this time, runs from July the first of twenty twenty one to June the thirtieth of twenty twenty two. And so it just gives uh, state leaders, you know, some guidance on how the state's doing financially, and uh, then calculations will be made later for the upcoming legislative session uh, in 2023 to provide guidance for constructing the next uh, two-year state budget.
0: Peter, you covered the closeout for IBJ. What did you learn?
2: We learned that the state of Indiana finished the fiscal year with $6.1 billion in reserves, That's a record high number for the state. And, you know, I think a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that uh, the state's economy, like many other states in the U.S., has done pretty well since COVID lockdowns ended and the economy came back, growing back quicker than anyone really expected. You know, overall state revenues exceeded the December 2021 forecast by over 9 percent. Now, looking back, that December 2021 forecast was pretty modest. Uh, you know, didn't anticipate our economy bouncing back so quickly. So it's important to consider that when when looking at some of these really high revenue increases year over year. And, you know, I think it's also important to note that we learned of that $6.1 billion, about $2.5 billion is going to go and pay down debt that's owed to the uh, teacher's retirement fund. And um, in addition to that $2.5 billion, there's an additional $7.5 billion that is still owed to that fund. So While the state's reserves are doing well, they still do owe a considerable amount to this teacher's retirement fund.
0: Peter, do we know, does this amount of money include federal stimulus money that the government sent to Indiana and other states?
2: So this number does include some of that. Some of the reason that the the state's fiscal reserves are doing so well is because of money that's uh, come in from the federal government through these stimulus packages and, you know, there's also an indirect effect. You know, when people get more stimulus checks, they're more likely to spend more of their money. That's going to lead to an increase in sales tax revenue. And so it's kind of hard to, to say that that there isn't a
0: link there. So, Greg, Peter mentioned that the state has some more than $6 billion in surplus. What does that really mean?
1: So, well, it, there's kind of a distinction between like a the annual fiscal surplus and then the reserves. So what we found out from the fiscal closeout is that the state essentially took in $1.24 billion more than it needed to spend. And that number added to what the state already had in reserves. And so now the state has a total reserve of about $6.1 billion dollars.
0: Greg, you have a long history covering the legislature or being an editor for reporters covering the legislature. Is a surplus a big deal in Indiana? Is it new? Well,
1: it's not unusual for Indiana to have a surplus, but it's certainly unusual to have a surplus of this magnitude. So that it really creates a temptation for lawmakers to want to give some of that money back to taxpayers. But there are, are also other temptations out there. Some people might want to spend more money on on roads or uh, capital improvement projects. And uh, as Peter has mentioned, there is also a strong concern about how to pay off the state's obligations to the underfunded teachers' retirement fund.
0: So the governor has his own idea. Even before we found out that the surplus was as big as it is now, the governor had called lawmakers back into special session. Peter, what does he want lawmakers to do to spend some of this money?
2: Well, the governor originally called lawmakers back into this session to uh, consider his plan to send $1 billion from the state's reserves to taxpayers in the form of these $225 refund checks. Uh, now this looks pretty similar to the automatic taxpayer refund uh, that a lot of Hoosiers have already received due to the state's economy doing you know really well and the, the government hitting over its projected budget numbers. Now when the governor called this session, there was some speculation by political observers at the time that the governor did this knowing that the Supreme Court was poised to overturn. Uh, Roe v. Wade, you know, this was after the draft opinion by SCOTUS was leaked. And then lo and behold, a few days later, the Supreme Court announced its decision. And uh, both Senate Republican leader uh, Rob Ray and House leader Todd Houston quickly came out and said uh, this special session is going to be expanded uh, to consider passing abortion legislation. So, you know, the session was supposed to start July 6th. That technically did start July 6th, but lawmakers aren't going to convene until the 25th. Um, And the reason for this delay was they wanted more time to uh, craft an abortion bill. And, you know, under state statute, the special session uh, can only last 40 days. So uh, essentially, when the session starts on the 25th, lawmakers have about three weeks to hold hearings and uh, meet to discuss the tax refund and the abortion issue.
0: Okay, let's take a quick break. This is the IPJ podcast.
1: Taft, today's modern law firm. With more than 625 attorneys across 11 offices, we provide solutions to the business issues facing middle market and emerging companies alike. We do this through a highly collaborative and inclusive team approach. Taft, the modern law firm. To learn more, visit taftlaw.com.
0: We're back with IBJ managing editor Greg Weaver and State House reporter Peter Blanchard, talking about the upcoming special session. Let's talk a little bit about the governor's proposal. So he's saying he wants to send out a billion dollars in checks. How much did you say that would be, and how does how much does that add to the existing taxpayer refund program?
2: So the additional amount proposed by the governor is $225 per individual Hoosier, or if you were filing jointly as a couple, it would be you know $450. So it's about double, almost double what the automatic taxpayer refund is. So if you were eligible for that, then you would also get this uh, additional check, and so that'd be about you know $400 per person or. Uh, almost eight hundred per, per couple.
0: And so how are lawmakers reacting to this proposal?
2: Well, it's interesting. you know it's it's one of those proposals that you think would be popular with most politicians. you know, they get to say they uh, put money back directly into the pockets of their constituents. House leadership is a little more bullish on the proposal. Um, when the fiscal closeout was announced on Friday, you had House Leader Todd Houston coming out and saying, you know, this is a perfect time to, Uh, passed the governor's proposal. While Senate President Pro Tem, Rod Bray, was a little more lukewarm on it, he said, you know, this is, this presents a good opportunity to look at some different ways for inflation relief. But it's clear from my conversations with Senate Republicans that uh, not all of them are too crazy about the governor's proposal. A lot of them would rather see that money be reinvested into the state's economy. You know, some suggestions have been to increase teacher salaries because Indiana has a teacher shortage. You know, other people would like to see this money uh, reinvested into Indot or to infrastructure projects down the road. And some Senate lawmakers are concerned that you know, d- dishing out this money is going to increase inflation. So it's going to be very interesting to see if. Republican lawmakers can come together in agreement, either on the governor's proposal or something else.
0: For this week's uh, IBJ, actually, Peter, you wrote a story about this issue, about the taxpayer refund. And one of the things you talked to experts about was this inflation question. What did you learn?
2: Well, it sort of depends on who you talk to. Um, You know, one economist I reached out to, Michael Hicks at Ball State University, He said that, yes, giving everyone $225 checks is definitely going to prolong inflation. He argued that it's not really enough money to stash away or put into savings. You know, people are just going to turn around and spend that money on gas, food, going out to eat, and that's going to further drive up consumer prices. But, you know, when Indiana's Office of Management and Budget Director was asked the same question, uh, he said this isn't going to drive inflation in a significant way. You know, when you consider that one billion dollars in relief is only about 0.2 percent of the state's four hundred and thirty billion dollar GDP. So there's really differing reviews on whether this is going to drive inflation. And certainly there's arguments on both sides.
0: Greg, I'm curious how you think that this issue about whether to return money to taxpayers will play out in terms of the election that's coming up, all 100 seats in the Indiana House will be on the ballot. Half of the 50 districts in the Senate will be on the ballot. How do you think politics will play into this question?
1: I think it it will play heavily into the upcoming elections. I think that the the legislators will feel tremendous pressure to do something to return money to taxpayers. It's, you know, it's almost an election temptation that's too hard to resist. So I, I anticipate that in the end, there will be some combination of Um, the governor's proposal to provide tax refunds and the Senate's interest in paying down uh, some of the debt more of the debt to the teachers retirement fund.
0: Greg, what about Democrats? They're very small minority of the House and Senate, but what are Democrats arguing should be done with this money?
1: Well, the Democrats have been arguing for months that um, the state gas tax should be suspended so that people will see immediate relief at the gas pumps. And so that's also a very populist idea. And, you know, Republicans may feel some pressure to take that under consideration as well, although the Democrats are so outnumbered that they have very little influence over what ultimately will come out of the General Assembly.
0: You know, Peter, you mentioned that Republicans were taking some extra time to figure out the abortion legislation.
2: Absolutely. And I think you're seeing a sort of rift in the Republican Party right now where you have more moderate conservatives that are probably pro-abortion rights, but maybe they don't want to go as far as, say, uh, some more social conservatives who want to ban abortion in all instances, except in case of protecting the life of the mother. Uh, So it's going to be very interesting. And I think part of the reason you saw this special session delayed uh, was because the fact that Republicans needed to come together and reach some, some sort of consensus even though they do have a firm supermajority, you know, a firm majority in the House and Senate and holding the governor's office, uh, there's still a lot of differences uh, among different caucus members. You know, and I think you're going to see the abortion issue, by and large, overshadow much of the discussion over the tax refund. Obviously, their goal is to pass legislation on both issues, and I think they can do that. But I think you're going to see a lot of protests at the state house, and you're going to see uh, Indiana in the national spotlight over these next couple of weeks.
0: Well, Peter, I am very excited that we are going to have you over at the legislature covering it. And so people can follow along. Greg and Peter, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks again to Peter and Greg for chatting about the upcoming special session. You can read more about the proposed taxpayer refund in this week's issue and watch IBJ.com for Peter's upcoming coverage. You can also go to IBJ.com to read about the tragic shooting on Sunday night at Greenwood Park Mall. Police say a man entered the food court at about 6 p.m. with a rifle and began shooting. He killed three people and injured others before a person at the mall with a gun killed the shooter. Thanks for tuning in to the IBJ podcast. Mason King will be back next week.